Hello listeners and welcome to yet another episode of Active Talks. This is your host Varun and I'm joined with my colleagues Luai and Krisha here at Active DMC to talk about the evolution of PR especially in the last few decades. Let's get right to it. Krisha you have been in the PR industry for about a couple of years now, right? Yes. Now this isn't enough time to see a monumental change, but you may have seen some incremental uh, differences in the way you work since you got in. and to now here in 2023 what amongst those have actually stood out for you uh yes definitely in in the past couple of years since i joined there's been some uh, incremental changes something that stood out to me uh, for sure was that if you just look at the time period it was after covid and unfortunately we faced a situation where uh, the newsrooms have shrunk there's fewer journalists to pitch to so in a sense it, it was an opportunity as well as a challenge but to get creative and that really forced us to be more proactive and realize that as pr professionals we're not really spreading news we're creating news as well we are creating uh, relevant storylines that actually uh, make a difference to the region uh, it's not about mass pitching anymore it's about very targeted pitching that respects the time of everyone the clients the journalists and and just realizing that the basis of pr is relationships so i think that that you know after in in the couple of years that's become very evident and we see that a lot of pr agencies are now they have a renewed focus on an integrated and meaningful strategy for media relations as well yeah that i think so that's pretty fairly accurate to kind of describe as because of shrinking media kind of newsrooms the the responsibility has been shared not just by the journalist but by yeah you're co-creating these yeah, stories you're co-creating you're identifying the pitch you're kind of helping them out because there's so much information out there that you need to <laughs> shuttle through so much messaging to find out the right one that will actually impact the target audience so yeah that's pretty interesting thank you krisha but luai i think maybe have a ready list of things you know that would have changed over the past 3 decades but what interests me right now is about consistency i know the topic is about change but what do you think in the past 3 decades has survived because that would be really interesting to me what practices have been the same as it was back then i mean th- thanks for and i think it was very interesting to hear what krishna just said but i think that the the consistencies are the fact that from 25 years ago till now it's still about the narrative it's still about the the story that you're telling for your clients um and how you evolve that story and how you change that story to fit the different media channels that you're working in so whilst the amount of media channels has changed enormously from 25 years ago when it was all the traditional media print mainly with a bit of broadcast thrown in today we've got so many more different channels to 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 distribute that media in but it's understanding that they all require a different approach of the way in which you package that message but you're still communicating that narrative and it's creating that narrative that's probably the most consistent thing that hasn't changed and i think that one of the things that also hasn't changed in some senses um and it's talks slightly contrary to what Krishna was saying is that i think the agencies that have grasped the fact that they need to be more integrated are definitely the ones that are more savvy but there are still believe it or not agencies whose primary and sole focus is media relations and as far as media relations are concerned whilst that was the core focus and service that we used to provide and is exactly what clients wanted today 
media relations is commoditized because at the end of the day, media relations is the same whichever agency I use to varying degrees, but it's the same. It's all the other stuff around it. It's the other services and the skill with which the people within your, that agency have been able to develop that narrative and add to that narrative. So I would say that's the one consistent thing is that we are still in charge of that narrative. So what you mean to say is the messenger has changed, but the message, the importance of message, the importance of storytelling is still at the most important thing. I think it's a very good way of putting it, actually. Yes, I think that's a very succinct uh, way of saying it. Yes, absolutely. So, Krisha, how do you feel about that? You know, do you think the art of storytelling is relevant today and is it an important part of or, or an important skill to have in today's PR industry? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you actually dig deep into the type of content you're creating and distributing and placing, uh, it's understated that this needs to follow a consistent story and that story needs to be meaningful. So, for sure, I, I mean, that is the foundation of, of all PR because whatever outreach that we're doing on behalf of our clients is obviously in aligned with their goals and aligned with their messaging so for sure i think it's it's just a matter of being creative with how you tell that story and how you get people to become invested in it but for sure i mean like that, that's obviously something that always has been consistent whether it was 30 years ago or now uh, and i think it's just a matter of pinpointing you know the actual you know reason for why we're doing what we're doing all right so no moving on to the conversation on back to evolution why mm. what according to you are the biggest evolutionary changes the sector has seen well i think i think the first thing when you look back as krisha said earlier media media newsrooms started getting smaller from quite a quite a way back and whether that was due to economic hardships like for example in 2008 the financial crisis wiped out a lot of um, media but also the fact is that social and digital media was probably the biggest tsunami back then that hit the, the PR scene and it changed the way conversations were being had because up to that point the conversation was one way it was the company organization talking to their target audiences. There was no ability to engage in a dialogue. But with social media, and as people became more savvy about social media, and as the channels that were being used became established, then suddenly the conversation changed. And it had to be more about listening to your target audiences, understanding their relevant pain points, understanding what's relevant to them, and then being able to address those in your messaging. So suddenly it became more, more research focused than when it was being decided by people in a room in New York somewhere. So that's probably one of the biggest changes. I think then um, the evolution of um, the technology that we have to be able to at our, at, our, at our fingertips in terms of data. So using social media listening tools, using uh, these kinds of programs that you can use to, to look at, listen to, analyze target audiences, which before was the ownership of large research companies or companies like IDC or Gartner in the tech sector. Now those tools are much more readily available to agencies. So we can actually bring some of those tools in-house fairly cost-effectively and being able to actually do a lot more analysis of, 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 the, of the target audiences and key stakeholders. And then if I fast forward to today, even today we're seeing technology impact our business with chat, GBT and all these other uh, AI tools. So I think there's a lot that has, has, has impacted the business and there's a lot of evolution. And I think that probably as time goes on, there will be a lot more evolution. The one thing that will always stay constant, however, is the need for people to be able to tell um, and, and shape the narrative that goes out. And this will be something that will um, ultimately see agencies being around 
but the format and makeup and the skill sets that those people within those agencies will need will change. No, technology has changed, not just the way we do business, not just the way we communicate, but I think so everything that has to do with PR. So when I came into PR, it was, the technology hadn't reached all of the media. It, had, it hadn't reached all of the agencies. We had some agencies that were still delivering press releases on fax or, or like a printed piece of material to the journalists. And I remember this was about a year that I came into everything moved digital to mass sharing uh, press releases to media. Right? Google, Google Translate wasn't a thing back then. We had to personally rely on translators to kind of get to know what is being said by different parts of the uh, for people that are talking a different language yeah so it's 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 kind of been the biggest change that how we have interacted with each other now talking about technology and like you mentioned ai and chat gpt with uh, with ai there's so many things that's become so much easy that can, like AI can write code for you, AI can even diagnose symptoms, uh, write dissertations, uh, reports, thesis. With ChatGPT, do you think is there a challenge for content creators? Do you think it's going to move all the way to AI? Is, the, is there a kind of a, do you think a self-learning algorithm will be able to re replicate that kind of content that you are creating? So I think that's definitely an interesting point and something that I've been thinking about for a while now and I've actually done a lot of reading and just looked at you know what what the other people are in the industry are saying and I mean to put it simply I think platforms like ChatGPT are, are great you know useful for content creation but only useful for a good first draft they're not perfect of course they rely on intelligence that is a bit outdated and may struggle to grasp the tone of voice or grasp the the relevance or the, the sort of the value add that you actually need people to actually review and that's why content creation in PR will still be a very human focused element we might rely on platforms like this you know just to ease our workflows but uh, at the end of the day nothing beats the human touch so for sure uh, I think p content creation would not be taken over by, by such platforms or by any AI uh, it's, it's it'll still be very focused on on what we think and how we sort of mold that to our messaging yeah, it's very interesting that both of you have made this point about the human touch and how the AI can't repl replicate it. And PR as an industry is about, is a matter of influencing influencers, right? Lua, in your opinion, how has media relations changed over those years? Like, are journalists or influencers, even analysts, as easy to deal with as they were in the past? Um, I think that's actually an interesting question because it has a, it has a yes and no answer. So I think that the elements that are very much still very true to media relations are, um, especially in this part of the world in the Middle East, is the fact that it's very important to actually meet and get to know your media face to face. With all this technology, what it's done, and it's done this in our own social environments and our, and our family relationships is, we, we now communicate. We don't even use the phone to actually speak to people. We use it to send WhatsApp messages or telegrams or whatever messaging we use. And that has meant that we don't talk to people anymore. And the fact is, whether you talk about COVID or not COVID, it's still really important to get out and meet journalists and talk to them and talk to them about things that don't involve just selling your client stories to them or talking about your clients or trying to generate activity for clients. It's about understanding who they are. And I think that that's um, a great part of, of media relations. And it's something that I think has become 
devalued with some agencies and some people's approaches, but I think it needs to be still very important. Um, I think the trouble is though that with technology, the journalists themselves are now inundated with information. So the challenge for agencies is to ensure that that has some cut through because they're not only trying to get news that engages the key stakeholders that our clients are looking to engage, but you've also got to engage the media first. So that's quite a challenge. And I think that the importance of having those media relationships is still very much a key part of the functionality and the value of an agency. I just think that it's less of a value today than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So yes, there's an important part of it, but the fact, as I mentioned earlier, is that we have technology and channels of news now that we can use directly. So those have taken on a much greater importance. So I can't give you a percentage of where it lies. I think 50-50 is probably a little unfair, but there is definitely a certain equality between having those physical media relationships, but also being able to then use those channels that you can go direct to audiences with, that you can then package information and your narrative to, to make it relevant to those. Oh, it's interesting you brought up physically meeting people and the importance of it, especially when nowadays everybody can Zoom or Teams at a click of a button. But one thing that comes to my mind is back then we used to have what is called as media visits. We used to have them twice a week in which we used to dedicate three to four hours and meet anything between five to ten people. Uh, something that's kind of not being done now. You need to kind of make a reservation, check in with a journalist, make sure they're available or kind of plan a coffee meetup well in advance. It's, it's, it's interesting to see how things have uh, evolved over the past few years. I know, I think, I think actually one of the things that would be really interesting to do is I think if somebody actually did a research survey with journalists and asked them how often they actually meet with their PR counterparts and who does it most often, because I still believe that probably today, as we sit here in Media City with a majority of the key media sitting around us, not you know half a kilometre away, that you'll find that there are still a smaller proportion of agencies that make the effort to go and meet those journalists than those that just message them blankly. Um, and I still believe that that's one of the key factors and one of the key differentiators about active is that we as an agency really encourage and empower our teams to be able to go out and meet those journalists. So that's the thing about technology. It makes things easier for you to do. It helps you, but it kind of eats away at your schedule. It eats away your time. You end up doing a lot more than you were doing, let's say, five years ago or 10 years ago. You're able to achieve that much more. But then your calendar or your schedule is full of tasks that you can now get done so in such small time that you do not keep time for physical meetings or in-person meetings. So, uh, and this is an open-ended question for the both of you. Uh, what do you, what according to you are the biggest challenges that you face today? Okay, so one of the challenges that I think we're facing now, uh, and it's something that I think is faced by, you know, the PR industry in general because of the type of work we do, it's, it's about results and measuring results really so at this point when you know across the world people are, are very careful about spending and uh, allocating budgets towards marketing or towards comms they sort of want to justify an investment that they're making in public relations or in marketing in general with PR it's a bit hard to quantify results because it's not just about 
um, you know, clips anymore. It's about the quality of coverage uh, or, you know, the, the impact that a certain campaign is having. So I think measuring ROI is something that we are currently, as an industry, is a bit hard for us to do. I'd be interested to know your thoughts on how we can change that. I think um, measurement is, is such a key issue that if you look at Europe and the States, there are huge conferences about measurement alone and the technology that you can use now to measure the effectiveness of campaigns. And of course, again, because a lot of it now is digital, it is much easier to measure engagement, you know, viewerships, time spent on certain posts or certain articles, click-throughs to websites and so on and so forth. There is a lot of that. The trouble here in the Middle East is it's still very much in its infancy. And you still have agencies today talking about AVEs, which is so dangerous. In fact, in England and the US and places like this, they laugh at you if you mention AVEs. But here, they're still using media clipping reports mentioning AVE, and it's a joke. So I think you're absolutely right, Krisha. I think that measurement is a challenge. And here in this region, because we have such little access to numbers, analysis, and figures, it's very difficult to do those kind of analyses. So it's even harder to justify what we do on a media relations side than before, where it was kind of accepted that you know you just did it by the sort of calculations that we used to use. So I, I totally agree that that is a big challenge um i think it's also about like the, you know the definition of success is different for everyone across industries across clients it, what's good or good enough that definition varies so that's i think yes i agree 100 percent. the importance of uh, establishing communications objectives which are separate from business objectives is so important because at the end of a campaign if you are hitting your communications objectives there is you can lend some sort of degree of success in what you have done for the past three six nine or twelve months but when those objectives are not discussed or if they are put it put in by a marketing by the marketing teams in terms of sales achieved or what clicks clicks through it gets a little difficult to kind of quantify that i agree but i also think the challenge is that very often when agencies here in the middle east are at the receiving end of Briefs. The briefs are very, very generic. You know, it's not unusual, and I've seen this happen several times, where we've received an RFP or a brief from a client, and they've forgotten to change the country name. So it says France instead of the Middle East, and you go back and say, well, are you talking about France or are you talking about the Middle East? Oh, sorry, we meant the Middle East. So it's very generic. The other big challenge that I wanted to talk about is, I think, one of the ones that's really impacting the industry, not just here, but globally, is people. We have a big issue with people. Today, it's very, very difficult to find the talent that is required to 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 be involved in public relations and because the role has changed and because the demands on those people has changed the profile has changed and not just because of covid because i think this was an issue before covid but it's become more exasperated by covid is now we have a very very difficult time finding people who are able to adapt or to see the the industry and work within the industry um, and that's not even talking about the issues like the challenges of the different work formats that, that are available out there because there's there's options on remote and there's uh, options like we offer which is a four-day week but at the end of the day public relations and, and what we do marketing-wise is a collaborative exercise. And it's collaborative between us and the clients, but more importantly, it's collaborative amongst the people in the teams who are able to share information, knowledge, and stuff. And that, and that can't always be done across great platforms like Zoom. It needs to be done in a face-to-face -face format. So that sometimes doesn't appeal to the generation that is coming into the industry today. They want fully remote or they want these kinds of things. And so, so 
the nature of, of, of the people is, is, is a difficult profile to fit. The number of people available, especially in this region, is incredibly small. The universe is very small, and the majority of that universe are not that great. So as you know, and we all know, recruitment agents are having a field day because people are jumping left, right, and center, but it's just people on America around going around the different agencies. So it's, 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 there's a big demand. Is that going to change? Who knows? But the fact is, is I think that we have got that, and the kind of training that we give those people as well is also important because a point that was raised at the World Government Summit last week by a gentleman called Fadi Randur who used to run Aramex and now runs a big venture capital company. He was talking about the fact that at the end of the day, millennials have zero loyalty, right? So they look at a job and they think, well, I can do this for six months. I can do it for a year. And regardless of what their economic circumstances are, they can easily just walk away. And sometimes they do. And he's saying, well, if that's the case, then why will companies bother investing in training anymore? Because why should I spend $800, $900, $1,000 per person training them when I don't know whether on Monday they're going to be here by Friday? So there's a lot of challenges out there from a, from a people perspective that agencies need to adjust and develop. And some are doing it better than others. Some are trying different things, but ultimately the effects and the impacts are still yet to be measured, and certainly in this part of the world. And what do you say about the future of PR in the next five to 10 years? Do you think it's going to be more of the same or there's going to be something that's going to kind of bring about a paradigm shift in what we're doing? Not just about talent, but about other aspects. I think there's already a shift in what we're doing. I think that we've got to, we, we are changing. And I think that uh, the more that people are skilled in data analytics is going to be a key issue. I think that we, we were talking five, 10 years ago about the fact that possibility that agencies would turn into consultancies like McKinsey and and the, and the consultancies like those would end up to, doing kind of what we do. So there'd be kind of a, a cross fertilization. I think today the way that we're going to thrive is by becoming far better consultants who are able to really define those messages and make them relevant and generate that engagement than we are today because today it's still a little bit blurry around the edges. The more defined we get, the better we're going to get at this. And I think that's the case with this in the next five, ten years. I, and here I want to be very clear that I'm talking about the Middle East region. Agencies in the West have got it right already. We still have a bit of a way to go here. Despite all the hype you hear from agencies about the success of this campaign or the success of that campaign, I can assure you that having judged the PRCA awards recently, that there is still a lot of fuzziness around that. And what about you, Krisha? I think the, the future is, is definitely exciting. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more integrated. You know, we've already seen synergies between PR and, and other tactics such as social, digital, even SEO at some point. So I really think that the future is going to be more about how we can, how an agency or how a team can blend all of these to, to still deliver a consistent campaign. So it, it's going to be very less, I mean, I don't like to use the word like traditional PR, but I want to say that it's going to be a whole new face of PR that's going to be a lot more. But yeah, so it's going to be a lot more integrated, but still focused on, you know, the principles that, you know, about relationships, about value, about content. So I, th- I think, in my opinion, that's what's going to change in the next few years. Yeah. And on that optimistic note, yeah, I completely agree with the two of you. I think the industry has gone through several changes and it will see a lot of evolution in the years to come and every and one the thing that will remain the same will be content the narrative will always roost it will be there will always be a good story to tell and you'll always need good people to tell that story all right so that brings us to the end of this podcast thank you listeners thank you krisha thank you Luai, for being here and for the next episode we'll be talking on the occasion of international women's day